0: Spooky podcast. I'm here to eat your ass <laughs> and your dreams. <laughs> Welcome uh, back to Keep One Hundred with Chorcy and myself,
1: Dakota. I, w- I would love to get my ass eaten while I sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine?
0: I was just thinking about it. <laughs> That'd be such an interesting feeling. Like, you know how <laughs> wait, you know how sometimes like things happen to you while you're sleeping and you feel it in the dream? Yeah. Like for example, I've like once when I was a kid, my dog laid on my chest and I got and it felt like I got hit by a truck in the dream. So like in the dream I got hit by a truck and I felt it, right? Mm. I don't know <laughs> if you're getting your ass eaten while you were asleep, what that feel like other than getting your ass eaten. <laughs> like, um, your brain, like, has to quickly figure, oh, I don't know, what, we got to work with it, work with it. <laughs> Improv, yeah, okay, we're in this, like, fighting scene, and then night one starts eating, yeah, some night two.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I'm imagining, like, a boardroom of, like, TV writers... Uh-huh. That have just been told, like they have to write something fairly quickly. Like it's that type of scenario of like, what, the, what the fuck do I say to this? Like what, 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 what? I think you have to imagine like a rushing, like a like you're sitting in a stream, or like a babbling brook of water, right? So you get kind of like the wetness feel of like something just kind of like strolling through, and every now and then, like there's just a frog that like tries to climb up in you and then like gets out. <laughs> I think that'd be the best way. To like, what's less. what's the calmest way we can make this? <laughs> yeah. I think, well, because the other, like, I don't know if there's a better way to do it other than being like, yeah, it's probably like a dog, like, just licking the asshole. And, like. Yeah, listen. <laughs> I don't know what else you can do besides you're like, yeah, you're in you your ass. You,
0: like, it's happening in the real world. It's happening in the
1: dream.
0: <laughs> Damn. Okay, well, um uh, we're gonna give you guys three seconds to guess what this episode is about. Ready? Go. <laughs> I was just thinking, I was like, wait, I said give them three seconds, but George started doing the Jeopardy theme song, so I, can't just, I just can't cut that off at three seconds.
1: I mean, you can't. Uh, I figured you're just going to go, do, do,
0: do You cut. That's it. That's it. Done.
1: It was like, that was Aaron Rodgers, you're
0: not the host anymore. You're out. I'll oh, have four, man. Uh, you right. But, uh, <laughs> well, you're all wrong, because um, I don't think any of you got this right. Yeah, if you got it right, you're a liar, and there's no way to prove it. But this episode is about our nightmares and our fears.
1: Oh, we're doing nightmares. Oh, boy.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, just general, like, crazy nightmares. And then, like, also, like, either physical fears or, like, existential fears. Really anything that's scary. Um,
1: (laughs) It's about to get dark very quickly.
0: Oh, yeah. It definitely is. Um, So, one of my biggest fears is, like, uh, never being good enough. But also, I'm afraid of cranes, like, construction cranes.
1: (laughs) i'm sorry i was so disrespectful for me to laugh because i thought you were saying cranes this is like the bird <laughs> no no i'm
0: not afraid of the, i'm not afraid of the bird cranes like i like i think they're like kind of cool and i understand bird cranes like i understand the physics of construction cranes but i don't like them at all
1: the visual doesn't match the science type of a deal
0: yeah, like, I understand, like, they kind of, they build themselves, and that's freaky to me also. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Like, but, like, they build themselves on top of skyscraper. Like, how do you get them down? And, no, and also, no, I'm not going to look this up. Like, I'm not going to learn more about it. I'm just going to live in fear and ignorance, because I like my life better that way. It's more interesting. And I don't like, because they're so tall, they're so skinny, I was like, you're going to yeah. fall over. Like, I understand the physics of why they don't fall over, but I'm like, bro, a strong wind, and I'm dead. <laughs> like that's her I hate them and, and I'm I also afraid it's... of like you know having a job that's not meant for me and then dying that way and living unhappily for the rest of my life and both are equally terrifying but honestly the cranes are a little bit more
1: okay I forgot you've told me about the crane things before we've talked about it yes. I think I think when we were here last when we were playing probably keep talking and nobody explodes I think it was It was a conversation we had right before we played that game, which leads me to one of my fears: Um, bombs. Fair. Just in general, I love
0: experience with bombs
1: together, (laughs) and it's terrifying. Um, To be fair, I don't know anyone who actually likes bombs, but um, things that read like a bomb to me, I treat as a bomb. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, so sometimes black circular objects are just, uh, because I do like very cartoonish bombs. You know what I mean? Or it's like little black bombs. Yeah.
0: Like, like, there's just a little, like, fuse in it. Yeah.
1: Uh, Um, so, like, as a kid, like, if I just found, like, a black round object that didn't have anything, like, on or attached to it, like, the backside of a Magic 8 ball would terrify me. Cause like if I, I get didn't it. see the aid, I get it. it was just like Just be a bomb That's how you die Bro um, The war
0: on terror really fucked you up No choice is going around Ohio Thinking everything's a bomb <laughs> That's US military propaganda Uh
1: uh-huh. Um What the things Oh Uh Well nightmare I don't think I've ever shared this with anybody before Um So I used to ha- Did you ever have a reoccurring nightmare?
0: Uh huh Happens whenever I wake up, and
1: I'm forced to live another day. <laughs> so, um, mine terrified me for years as a child and a teenager. I haven't had the dream um, in my adult life, thank goodness. Um, huh. I don't know if I want to share this because it kind of makes me emotional. Um, so my mom is on a train track for some reason. Not sure why. She's just kind of there by itself. And I think it's like, there's never a lead up to this. It's kind of just the event happening. Um, something happens, and my mom ends up getting decapitated by a runaway train on the track. And then, like, the the lens or the camera, if you will, zooms in on her face with a tear running down her face. And I would... Well, reg- yeah, so... She's standing on the train tracks, okay? And then a train would come through and hit her. And somehow, something would happen where it would decapitate her. And then the lens would zoom into, like, her head on the railroad tracks with a tear running down her face. Oh, my God. Yep. This is, uh... That was my reoccurring nightmare. Like, it wasn't, like... A... like, I don't know, a magical type of nightmare or anything like that. It was like a very real world experience. <laughs> uh-huh. Um that still kinda haunts me a little bit to this day. Like anytime I think about the dream, it gets me a little emotional. Yeah,
0: that's fucking horrifying.
1: Yep. That that's a that's a thing. Don't know what that means about me and my mental health or psyche, but maybe I should talk to somebody I don't know <laughs> instead I just do a podcast because that's my <laughs> mental health
0: oh I just realized that I had a nightmare like last week Um, and it's happened like before not like this exact thing but with the person it was with and the situation Um, I was with uh, the ex that you have met but have never met
1: we never met yeah. becky if you're listening i never met you okay we never met <laughs> i'm like you
0: calling around my name is gonna make this worse but uh, <laughs> sorry but for some like so it start, the dream started with was going to this like house party and i was with someone else um i can't remember who i was with and then like i didn't know the people at the party anyway and it's just this weird, little, like, high school graduation party, and I'm like, why am I here? Mm-hmm. And everyone there is weird anyway. And, like, the house starts, like, to flood because heavy rains, and everyone's, like, acting like it's normal. Like, this is fucking stupid. I don't want to get out of here. Um, and it's really, everyone's, like, really antagonistic to me for no reason. Uh, it's, just, like, a horrible just environment. Like And, like, again, now we're, like, waist-deep in water. Like, it's just, and everyone's, acting like, it's normal. It's ridiculous. So it's really just the house. So I get in the car and drive away and the person I was with somehow transforms to be Becky and as we're planning on getting back trying to drive back I'm like okay we should leave and I'm trying to get her to do the directions on my phone and um she's like not doing it just like we're free to do it so I'm like having to force to, like look at the directions on my phone while we're driving and then we're going around this corner and then because it's been raining it's wet we like slide off there's no guardrail and we slide into this huge like like valley full like spiky rocks and we're falling down and this feels very real in the dream like like i woke up like with a huge gasp I was like oh i'm about to die in real life and my last words are us fucking arguing in the car <laughs> I uh, was like, this is all your fucking fault. Like, you always do this. And, like, you always do this. What? Does this always happen? We slide off cliffs. Which is super weird because, like, when we were dating, we never really fought. Like, we didn't really fight until, like, the end of it. Um, So, it was just super strange. I remember, like, vividly, like, hitting the rocks and, like, the car, like, exploding and, like, not dying immediately. It was very, very strange. And I woke up. And I was next to Vic, so I was like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I thought I died. Like, it's one of those, like, when you, like, the dream is so realistic, like, you have to come back to, like, the real world for a little bit.
1: Yeah. I was like, yo, I was dead a second ago. Who hurt you? Why should I know who hurt you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, yikes. Yeah, it was very strange.
0: And I don't, I was like, dream interpreters, figure that one out for me because I don't know it.
1: I don't want to talk to dream interpreters I don't want you thinking about my dead mother like I don't yeah. don't 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 talk to me about this shit I don't want to know my mom is alive and healthy so you yeah, better fuck the fuck right on off I don't want to hear it I don't want to know yeah
0: uh, I think it also doesn't work for me either because like I can never listen to horoscopes or anything so tells me about my future because um, one I don't listen so I'll forget it anyway so it's not going to help and I, that's all, I think the same reason I don't listen to other people's advice
1: all of my horoscopes always say I'm either passionate, angry or horny.
0: That's pretty accurate.
1: <laughs> I'm just very horny. Uh- <laughs> I think that goes that's like
0: passionate. That's a certain form of passionate.
1: It's just horny. It's
0: not. maybe passionate. an angry horny. I don't I don't be.
1: Yeah, it doesn't be angry horny or horny. do fuck somebody I've definitely angrily fucked somebody before. Yeah, I agree. You agree that I've angrily fucked somebody before?
0: That was the wrong word to use. Well, (laughs) what? I agree that you've done it, because I know we've talked about it. And I've also... No, I haven't done that. I've bored fucked people, and we've talked about that. Chickas is different.
1: Uh, I have also bored fucked people, but, I mean, the, the relationship is boring, so... There's really nothing else to do. Anyway, back to our fears... Um, or nightmares, I guess. Now that we went a dark turn into nightmares. um, I guess fears. I guess what am I? Let's reach down and deep within. What is a fear of mine? I do have a fear of, like, dying alone. Um, And I guess you can take that in the romantic sense, but also, like, in the literal sense of, like, even, you know, if I'm married, have kids, all that, whatever. Um, like, the idea of, like, not being with someone physically yeah. uh, when I pass is a fear of mine. Um, mm-hmm. But also, like, from a, a heightened sense, um, not having a, a husband. Because, like, by that time, I would like to be married... And um, have someone who like, you know, I've agreed to spend the rest of my mortal life with. Um, definitely, definitely a big fear of mine. Um, I'm I'm cool with it now at 26 because like you know, I hopefully still got a lot of life left to live. Yeah. Um, but I think as I'm, I'm you know, like we said, I'm closer to 30 than I am to 20. You know, and I never had like set. Dates or times of like, I want to be married by this time. I want to have kids by this time. But I'm starting to reach the point where I, I have, I'm internally feeling like I'm no longer happy with my singleness. I kind of wish I was uh, not even necessarily married, but like on the road, the path to greatness, if you will. I um, got you. Uh, on the path to getting married at this point, so I feel, I feel, I feel very behind a lot of my close friends and family, like everyone I know pretty much is in relationships, have been in relationships for years. I'm going to a wedding this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. One of my classmates just had his first child. Uh, a lot of my classmates already have kids. Um, you know, even um one of the other gay members of my class um he's even married um at least so i think i don't know if we don't really talk but from the last name change i'm assuming they're married um so like i feel like a lot of people have had those experiences and i i feel kind of late yeah i definitely feel late on the ball of that type of stuff and Yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess the fear of like I'm missing out on that, missing out of that experience, and because I've had it, and I definitely crave it because I I thoroughly enjoyed the experience. I I love the illusion of being in love. Mm-hmm. Is how I felt about that past experience. I love the illusion of being in love. Now I just want it to be actually real. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't. I don't want to be alone. I'm very much an extrovert. I don't like being alone. Other than, like, if I need to seriously work on something, then that's the only time I thoroughly enjoy being alone because that means I will get it done. Because when I'm with someone, unless we're working together and that person um, focuses as well, they'll just be an annoyance to me. Yeah. So.
0: No, I definitely know that about you. I think... I think it's like we said, it's like you finally have more free time. I know you were feeling these before when you worked in the escape room, but it was so difficult because I guess, I guess you had the, in a weird sense, the advantage. Or it helped like suppress these feelings because you, you didn't have time for it because your job literally wouldn't give you the time because your owners were trouble with their job and just made you run their company for them in a way. Yeah. Um, so it's easier for you to not deal with these thoughts or be like oh I just keep a relationship right now because I literally don't have time because you're you were ran ragged and underpaid and underappreciated and overworked but now that you have you know a job with better conditions and it pays you more appropriately uh, for your time you know any you have a smaller time commitment it's now that you actually have this free time it's like oh shit what do I do with all this? and leaves more time for your thoughts um,
1: I'm a sad boy
0: well, I think being alone with your thoughts is the worst thing a human can ever do <laughs> that was me all last summer oh sad boy summer hours mm-hmm. back at it round two I think it's very interesting cause a lot of people get seasonal whatever I don't know what the A stands for in sad disorder. Anxiety? Sure. Seasonal anxiety? No, it's because of depression. Seasonal oh. asshole disorder.
1: Oh, oh. Wait.
0: Seasonal.
1: I don't oh, no know, se- know side as severe anxiety disor- disorder. Oh, it's like, it's like
0: when people get more depressed during the winter. Which is fair, I get it, because like it's cold and gross.
1: Yeah, isn't it just called seasonal depression? I didn't know it was sad as well. The A stands for something.
0: Uh, Yeah. Okay, let's see. I think sun away disorder. That sounds right.
1: Seasonal away? That don't make no sense.
0: Sun away depression? That's what I think that is.
1: That's that that sounds like horse shit. (laughs) If it is, I'm quitting. Like that sounds not.
0: It's definitely not that. That'd be so funny. That's how I would name it. Um, but for me my mental health always struggles more during the summer because I think where I see people less
1: ooh it's seasonal affective disorder oh
0: that makes sense
1: Oh, so yeah
0: so I mean like of course I think that, that affects a lot of people and then once it gets hot like now it's just like regular depression from here on out until like November when it gets gray again Um, I don't know where I was going with that oh I was just saying like I think if you get depressed in the winter you're weak join us who get depressed all year round is that a good take to have no oh well many not of my takes all. aren't good but I always stand with them and I'll stand by it
1: I'm say I'm pretty sure I just a minute my seasonal depression is in the summer so I don't know what that makes me that's what I said yeah Oh my God.
0: I sometimes I like when it's cold because gives me reasons to stay in and not be productive
1: Eh, I just like the food. <clears throat> I like warm bellies. I like I like a lot of soups and yeah. made chicken noodle soup and you get beef stew, with blueberry <laughs> muffins and
0: ciders and pies and... Oh my
1: god. I will murder a black person for some apple ci- some apple cider. Like
0: You don't have to. You can <laughs> just go buy some. <laughs> <laughs> why, do you, why do you have to be a race trader about it? Like, what, <laughs> like, what was that? Why oh, was that your parameter, Jorsey? What the hell was that? Where the fuck did that come from?
1: <laughs> I <I'm> don't a, <better laughs> a black person. Uh, I love it. Bro, bro, what? love the show we do.
0: <laughs> but I do agree. I think uh, the winner has the best flavors Peppermint Mochas.
1: Except for Snow Bunnies. <laughs> Uh, i'm i'm a treat.
0: you are a treat. i love you
1: i love you too anyway
0: back to what we're afraid of and most of them are very existential um i can do their physical fear Uh, i'm afraid of heights well we're both afraid of heights we've talked about that
1: yeah i'm afraid of heights but i love airplanes so like agreed
0: Wait, do you know why you're afraid of
1: heights? Yeah. Um, as a person who's been six foot almost said my entire life. <laughs> like, uh, no, you
0: came out that size? Oh my
1: god. <laughs> uh, um, as a person who is six foot and has been the majority of my life, um, the bigger you are, the harder you fall is a real and true statement. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I was a, a turkey teeny-weeny or a midget, um. I feel like falling wouldn't be so detrimental to me. Because I think it would be compact. So it would be, you know, just like compact. Yeah. Um. Versus now, if I fall, you know, a fall mean may mean a, a broken fibia. you know.
0: Where's your fibia? Right here. I don't know where you're pointing. I think you're pointing at your dick.
1: That's my stomach. Oh, my God. Thank you for the compliment, though. I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> well, you can point it anywhere. I'd be like, that's probably your fibula. I don't know where it is.
1: Uh, the fibula is in your leg, isn't it?
0: Man, I don't know. Yeah, so you point your... I'm not going to learn either.
1: Just Google it.
0: No. I like being ignorant, like a Republican.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Um, But, yeah, like, I think I tend to picture, like, because I'm higher up, I tend to picture a lot of falls. And they tend to vary in death. Um, like looking over a cliff will almost never happen in my lifetime because yeah, I won't be able to live through it. Because my body, like I will legit buckle at the knees, which would then cause me to die.
0: Um, oh, I get that. Yeah, I'm afraid sure I'll just like start, start tripping. Like I can't even be like ten feet from an edge. I'm like for some reason I'm gonna just start falling and not be able to catch myself. Yep, and just fall over the edge. Yeah, I get that.
1: Oh my back, okay. But yeah, um, <laughs> heights. And I don't know where it came from. Like there, there isn't an inciting incident of like what caused me to ever be in heights. I kind of just slid out the pussy like that way.
0: Did you fall out the pussy?
1: Although I think I was a C-section, so I don't know.
0: Yeah, you, yeah, we're a tumor babies. So we got removed.
1: They just call me a tumor.
0: I called
1: myself a tumor, too. You... No. you. I
0: said we... I said we are...
1: Yeah, I don't give a fuck about you. Did you just call me a tumor? Yeah. That's fair. <laughs>
0: That's fair. Yeah, I got removed.
1: I don't... Yeah, there's nothing I can think of that, like, specifically caused that to be a thing. Because I wasn't, like, an extremely tall kid. I'm not even extremely tall now. I'm only six foot. That's only slightly above average.
0: I didn't fucking launched myself off the stairs when I was three, and that's why I'm
1: afraid of heights. Didn't you also, like, fall over a balcony?
0: That's the same scenario.
1: Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Have I told you about this? Have I talked about this in the podcast? I think you talked about it on her podcast. Okay, yeah, so the audience knows. Your dad walking past and, like, you just dropping onto the ground. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, I've never talked about
1: this. 'Cause then your mom Yes, you did. That's yeah. so fucking funny to me. God. Her like just like just stop fucking crying. Stop crying. <laughs> and, my her, and then finding out your arm is broken is the funniest shit to me. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I put, like on the flip side of that, like I was I used to be terrified of planes because I'd never been on one. I got on one, uh going to Vegas was the first time. And fell in love. I remember telling my mom it looked like Google Earth. Because we were up in the sky and we were going to Vegas. And it was so beautiful. Um, so now I love flying. I, I think flying is a fascinating thing. Um, and I've only ever flown three times in my life. And I'm hoping to do more this year. I flew to uh, Vegas. After that, I then flew to Austin and uh, flew to New York. Um, and have all been three, three pretty... Uh, all were pretty good flights. Two were bad situations. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, like the actual physical flight was not the problem with number two or number three.
0: So it happened while you were in that location. Yeah, yeah, that's fair.
1: So, Um I am curious about what, what what was like. Were you a kid who was like afraid of the dark as a kid, or afraid of? Um, yeah, well, yeah, I guess what was your fears as a kid?
0: Uh, like, I don't necessarily th- say that I was like afraid of the dark. I was just like sort of maybe I've had anxiety all my life. I was just like sort to overthink a little bit about I was in the dark mm-hmm. and then freak myself out. So like I could be fine being in the dark I could like be outside but then like there's always like ghost stories about like Okinawa so I was like damn this place is crazy so like anytime I like, heard a few like I'd be fine being outside and then if I started to overthink about it I'd like wig myself out that still exists today but like I used to be times as a kid like I used to run from it like you know you turn off the basement lane and run up the stairs because you favorite what's down there yeah. I got to the point where I would say out loud this is, this is my mantra to deal with the dark Um, so I do this like if I was like in bed and I thought something was there like if I just thought something was there I'd go if you're going to kill me just do it already and that was how I got through it
1: that's a very you response
0: it was not like you're not there it's not real I never say this like if you're there stop stressing me out and just kill me (laughs) alright like I don't want to deal with this
1: end the torture
0: (laughs) just like end it like whatever and if it doesn't kill me then I know it's not there because um, for some reason, I believe that like the ghosts or whatever just like, listen, I'm like, okay, fair. He's not as scared of us. He just wants us to so work it, but we're good. They get their fun. They get the kill. Um, for some reason, that's what I thought would happen. So
1: I mean, that's a very interesting coping mechanism because that means you never once had the idea of them not – Self-salvation? Yeah, of like them not doing it. It's because they, do... they are sadists and deliver their pleasure – and your pain, and by extending uh, your pain, that's actually what's making them happier. You never had that. Interesting.
0: I mean, I kind of believe that now, like an adult. I'd be like, bro, why would they do that? They'd, they would probably like the fact that you're terrified, and they would know that you just want them to kill you. But as a kid, I was like, just do it already. Like, I don't. I'm gonna roll back and go to sleep. So if you're gonna kill me, just do it. I'm not standing up for this. And that. would still be like sitting there, like terrified, but like. It helped.
1: I, the darkness was a a big issue. Like, going up from the basement, like, into, like, I remember at the, I won't say the address like I normally do, Um, (laughs) but in the first home we were in uh, that I have a recollection of, uh, going up from the basement to, like, the living room and, like, the main living area, um, I would yell. Like I would try to like assert my dominance of the space while like screaming into the darkness. Um and like bark orders at it or like I guess like cuss it out. Um and it used to make me feel better.
0: I wish we were friends as kids. I would love to see it's like a dynamic duo. <laughs> it's like you yelling and you're like, yeah, go away. I'm like, Yeah, fuck you and we hear a noise, I'm like, Bro, just kill me, I'm sorry. <laughs> Torsey, run, oh god. <laughs> Cause especially if it's been like you, cause like you were a taller kid, and I was at very... Oh, we would always well, look like how we look together now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think the height does make it a little extreme. Yeah, yeah, that's funny.
1: It have been. It would have been a treat. Um, I mean, the my biggest fear, I think, as a kid, was really more of spiders and oh. insects, and I didn't like being dirty. I I did not enjoy. I still don't enjoy. Dirt, as a concept is just disgusting.
0: <laughs> yeah, I believe that because we were talking about the fantasy world. You're like, fantasy? That sounds outdoorsy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, dirt and mud are two things I want to question Jesus on when I meet him.
0: Probably it's how plants live. There's nutrients in there that they need.
1: He could have created another way. <gasps> So I need to know why he chose to create mud and dirt. The only reason plants are born out of those uh, out of that disgusting almost looking pile of shit is because he made it that way. I feel like I'm going to get to the the gates. It's like, it's time for your judgment. And I'm like, no, it's not for your judgment. I have questions. <laughs> like, what? This,
0: this, and this. <laughs> like, other people are like, why do kids get leukemia? And Troy's like, why is there dirt? <laughs> <laughs> Bring, put me in the front of the line. I got to ask him some
1: questions. Mud?
0: <laughs> what the fuck's up with that?
1: Mud, my nigga. Mud? You told us mud. And him looking at me Did you just call me Your Yes my nigga You chose mud Why You created Mars But you gave us Mud
0: Torsey what do you think's on Mars It's all dirt But it's red <laughs> <laughs> So you don't like brown dirt If dirt was a different color You might like it
1: You played Minecraft before bro <laughs> 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 you can't
0: do much with brown dirt. Exactly, that's my
1: issue. You can't do much with it anyway. Like at least <laughs> sand, you can build castles with and shit. And at least it's pretty to look at. Dirt just look like shit. Also, Wait. why? Uh, why is dirt dusty? Why?
0: Bro, it's I don't know.
1: That's my point. Because neither does he. How
0: did we get here?
1: That's question number, like, six.
0: <laughs> oh, we're talking about Bugs. Uh, did you ever watch The King Kong that had Jack Black in it? It came, like, 2005 or something?
1: Hell no, I don't like Jack Black. Oh, he's, like, only a little bit in it. But he's in it. I, I refuse to. That's why, like, uh, was it you? We do the Kung Fu Panda thing at uh, Stephen Barry's, Tom and Jerry's. What the hell are you talking about? Oh, God. What's the name of the place? You play the games. Ben and Jerry's? No, that's ice cream. Uh Stefan Mulberry? No.
0: I <laughs> have no idea what you're talking about.
1: David Busters. There we go. <laughs>
0: oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also I don't think I've been to David Busters with you guys. I've been to David Busters in forever. I never with the friend group.
1: Okay. Where is someone who likes to play some Kung Fu Panda I, bullshit? I have no
0: idea what the fuck you just said.
1: I said someone likes to play Kung Fu Panda bullshit, and uh, I've never seen a movie, never will.
0: Why do you not like Jack Black?
1: He's not a good actor. He's not a funny person.
0: Okay, I guess. All right.
1: He's not funny. He, he conceptually is not funny. He is a good person. And that I love and respect the hell out of him for. But he's not a funny person. Like, the type of comedy he produces is not comedy that interests me.
0: Okay.
1: He's not a bad person. What actors do you
0: think are funny, then?
1: What, actors? I don't know. I guess what's your taste of, like,
0: comedy and film?
1: I, like... I don't really like a lot of comedy movies because I don't find movies to be funny. Uh-huh. Um, like Bruce Almighty was probably like a, a high on my list of comedy movies growing up, probably. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I hated Evan Almighty.
0: Yeah, Evan Almighty was just bad. Anyway, um, most sequels are worse than the original, besides like Truck Two.
1: I hated, hated, hated Talladega Night.
0: Uh, yeah, I was gonna say if you didn't like Jack Black, you'd probably hate Will Ferrell too.
1: Um, trying to think what else. Uh, Austin Powers Goldmember is one of the dumbest fucking movies I've ever seen.
0: So okay, so I, I totally understand what comedy you don't like.
1: Got it. I'm glad you get it because I don't. <laughs> I don't like dumb comedy. Yeah. Which is what this podcast is. But I don't like dumb comedy.
0: (laughs) Well, I think it's because, like, our comedy, like, I think you like, because I know you want to show the game grumps. I think you like comedy that's born out of the situation and not, like, scripted comedy because it can be harder to write comedy because especially, like, those types of movies or those comedies purely come out of, like, ridiculous characters, Mm -hmm. whereas versus ridiculous situations.
1: Yeah, I think they. I don't like. I guess if I were to actually use my theater degree, I don't like absurdity.
0: Okay, I see that. Yeah, I think it's definitely the characters then for you. Because Bruce Almighty, like he's like a he's like a normal dude who got powers, versus all these other characters like Jack, like the Jack Black movies, Austin Powers. It was the characters you didn't like, and then Bruce Almighty, like he has that redemption arc at the end. Like, I don't think it's – to me, it sounds like you just hate those over-the-top characters who are trying to be funny versus the situation happening, and that's funny.
1: That's fair. Because even in Bruce Almighty, like, one of the funniest characters to me is Morgan Freeman.
0: From what jokes?
1: Just – it wasn't even necessarily jokes he made, but it was just his responses and his facial expressions, because it was uh, a very humanizing aspect to the perception of God. Because uh-huh. um, it was very much like quick whip, quick quips, yeah, um, or like quick retorts that were just clever oh, okay. and funny. But, like, with a little bit of, like, educational background to it. You know, I just – I don't like dumb. I just – I can't. Like, things that make me feel like my brain is just going to mush. It's just – and, like, I know people would say, like, well, you watch, like, you know, Family Guy and American Dad and all that. And, actually, I find the comedy in those shows to be, I guess, educational. Because uh, like sometimes there there are references in those things like, um, in American Dad. There's an episode about some buried gold,
0: uh-huh.
1: and um, so uh, Stan sings a song about Ollie North. Yeah, I had no idea who Ollie North is or was until I had seen American Dad. So it was very interesting because like, I like that was comedy that was based off of. History. So that was very okay. fascinating to me. Like it was, it was a funny, fucking wild ass situation that also helped me learn. Um, it gives me the similar vibes of uh, my first operatic experience was never in an opera house. It was with Bugs Bunny. Um, probably the same thing when it comes to introduction of uh, live music was seeing Bugs Bunny as a conductor, and with a lot, li- the little singer and the. The, the glove and oh, 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 oh and he just oh 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 oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and <it's> like, like, <laughs> this is a whole wild ass like scenario. Um so that shit, you know, that that's good comedy to me. And then I like I like raunchy comedy. I do like raunchy. But there's something I guess okay i like for me and maybe this is sexist of me to say i like raunchy raunchy comedy from women
0: how's that sexist
1: uh i guess a republican might deem it as being sexist that i don't (laughs) like the same type of comedy from men but like there's nothing that's interesting or exciting about hearing a man talk about like how much he wants to fuck a woman Cause that's normalized in our society. Okay, There's something that's it. empowering about hearing a woman being like, "Let me gobble up this dick," and I I think that's why I'm that's such a big
0: stuff that you yell. That's what you <laughs> like it. That's something that you would yell.
1: I mean, yes, but also like it's so. I tend to be someone who likes to um, empower those who don't who don't always have the power, uh-huh. um, and I try to lend what little privilege I have. To make space for those who, who, can't, who don't necessarily um, have the ability to use their voice, to make sure they have an opportunity to, um, and in those situations, like it's probably why I lean on Nicole Byer a lot because uh, she is truly, in my opinion, one of the funniest people ever. Uh-huh. I mean, and I mean, she does raunchy jokes that are just also honest, but she also has a way of of humanizing herself and of being vulnerable in her comedy of like talking about her dead parents and, um, you know, failed hookup attempts and some of the wild ass shit that she's done on sets. And I don't know. Like, I think you're right. Situational and like humanized comedy is what I'm very attracted to. I grew up with Richard Pryor. Um, so even talking about um you know stand up comedians and like the comedy uh they would present that attracts me more cuz it's like oh these are relatable experiences uh-huh. um which is probably why I don't uh, I don't relate to a lot of uh, male sexual experiences because I don't have the same primal sexual urges of cisgender straight men
0: yeah i got you
1: um So yeah,
0: interesting. I like that. I was really like, I know, like kind of like, like exploring that because I knew you liked um, those types of shows. It's interesting hearing about like why you think why. I like that. Hmm. And I think even like with, America Dad and the Family Guy, like because the episodic structure, it's still very much situational comedy. It's how these characters act, act in the situation. Like yeah, it's them with the ridiculous characters. But it's less like. But I think there's like more disbelief. Like you like you're more willing to suspend your disbelief because it's a cartoon, versus being like if they're real people, they should act more. It's like humanizing because like with like the Will Ferrell and Jack Black, and Austin Powers characters. I, mean, I know Austin Powers is not like a Mike Myers characters. Like they're very over the top. Um. So I could see that, versus that liberation
1: and this comedy. I like that.
0: I like hearing you talk about that. That's kind of cool.
1: This was be episode about fears. I was just thinking that I was like, I don't know what the fuck it's got to do about fears. But I like, don't know how about we got it. here. What happened? I don't know. <laughs> Tell us in the comments what happened. If you can follow
0: it. that train of thought, let us know. Are there comments for podcasts? Maybe you should review it, or yeah, I guess if when we post the stuff and people can comment on our Instagram or tweets, like reply to our tweets, comment on the advertisement for
1: the Call black. Me with the beep me if you want to reach me. <laughs> what? what? Why I'm were you singing was... a Christmas song?
0: I was going the rest of the theme for Kim possible.
1: Oh, it's like you went. I'm
0: mad congested. So the pitch was definitely off.
1: Dun, 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 dun. What That's another reason
0: I like the winter more than the summer and spring, is because I don't have allergies. Not a fear, again, but <laughs> a comment from <laughs> what we talked about today.
1: Uh, what else am I afraid of? I'm afraid of.
0: <laughs> I don't know if it's because um, of the
1: topic or
0: how you're laying, but like, this feels very like sleepover like questions.
1: What else am I afraid of? What am I afraid of? Afraid of? <laughs> <laughs> uh because since podcasting is a audio visual audio platform um i am laying in my guest guest bedroom um on the bed with my laptop set up for zoom so i can see dakota at my desk uh because uh last episode we recorded i sat in the chair and went you know i'm tired my body hurts I don't want to sit up anymore. I want to lay down. It's actually more physically exhausting laying down. Recording this episode, it is. I can tell because um, I keep moving. I keep trying to find a comfortable position. Anyway, um, this is going to be a very problematic statement of what I'm going to say. I'm here for it. Um, I don't. I don't know if you're going to be here for it when I say it. I have a slight irrational fear. Of a group of black people. Yep. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's dive into this. Um, uh, we're we're going to open this door. Um, it was a trend that I noticed starting in middle school. And it definitely got worse in high school. So I would not say I was bullied in school. Um. I came out early though, came out in seventh grade. Um, So I definitely was a topic of conversation for a lot of people. Uh, I think I was the first queer experience many people had. Um, What I noticed was when I would find instances of people imitating or talking behind my back or laughing at me, if it was in a group setting, it was typically a group of black males, um, At Whitehall is a very diverse setting. I went to school with Latinos uh, with Africans um, like I feel like many nationalities, many walks of life, but the people who criticized me of my existence were the men who looked like me. So it, it culminated into this irrational fear of like, anytime I see a group of black men I instantly feel judged because I don't I don't present myself in the societal expectation of what it means to be a man or what it means to be black Um, I don't speak the same way I don't even look the same way uh, to certain people Um, so it, it definitely created this fear of like not only will I be made fun of, but I'll be accused of not being a part of the community, and I guess of, like, being a traitor, if you will. Um, Because the way I speak, the way I talk, I'm trying to act like I'm white. Um, And this is a conversation I I have had. Um, So it is a fear... That I actively work on trying to calm down. Uh-huh. Um, and the thing is... I don't... Trauma is real. <laughs> uh, trauma is very real. Um, so while I recognize that... Maybe my fear is unfounded... I also have lived experiences that... cause this to be a fear. Like I can, I can tell... Personally, this was not a fear I was born with, it was something I learned. Yeah. Um, and while sometimes I complain about being in heavily or predominantly white institution spaces, I tend to find more comfort in them. Mm. Because I feel like if I was in a deemed black space, I wouldn't fit in. Um, I when I was working at the Go Game one during Black History Month, there was a question about like uh, black the top like black, I think sitcom like TV sitcoms, and realizing that the majority of the shows that were listed there either don't have a strong affinity for outright hate it or had never seen mm. um so like there's there's a part of like being black in which i don't fit i don't know i don't fit the societal expectations like growing up you know we didn't i didn't partake in um the same activities i feel like like my cousin's families did you know, my family, we did game nights once a week. We we went to every single parent-teacher conference. And I, I know what I'm saying is making generalizations about the black community. But our family did not do what the media deems to be the traditional black family things to do. Mm-hmm. Um So, there's a little bit of that almost imposter syndrome, I would say. I get you. Like I said, Damn. still working at it, but I, it is something I noticed. Especially because, like, I, a lot of my employment in particular has always been in heavily white spaces um, for a couple of different reasons. It um, didn't pay better, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um it's management opportunities just tend to be just tend to run white. The higher up on the chain you go, yeah. just because of how the system is set up, you tend to be interact with more white people. Um and as I continue to be employed in areas where it's a higher income level, that typically slides to being leaning more white. That makes sense. Um, so, yeah. That's a, a thing about me. Not too proud of it, but, you know, something I'm working on. Yeah. Well, like you
0: said, it was a trauma. I mean, it was a learning experience. And especially if it happened a lot during formative years, leaving middle and high school when, you know, recently out and going through it.
1: But, wow. It oh, make- I will also say, because I also don't. I tend not to um, mesh well with heavily masculine spaces. Not that Uh, I'm not masculine presenting, but there is a limit until I will feel like I am being stifled um, or not able to express myself freely because I'm so focused on trying to pass as masculine versus just existing. uh Um and like i have like my core group of friends from whitehall are mostly black men um and as long as i'm sticking with those core that core group who know me and know me well i'm pretty fine but if you extend into their friend circles where the expectations of gender performance are more rigid. You know, if you expand deeper into their friend ring and then their friend's friend ring, um, it gets more and more rigid. So it tends to become more difficult for me to connect.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, whereas, like, for example, I just got back from a, a bachelor party that, um, you know, I was the only black person there. But the expectations of how I present my masculinity. Was so very different in that space. Um, something I we were also all there for a connected reason, right? We're all there because we care about the groom, you know, that's why we're there to support him. Um, but even just the overall expectations of how you present gender and masculinity are very different being in an all white space versus an all black space. Um, yeah. and because my gender performance and masculinity tends to ebb and flow between heavily masculine or I wouldn't say heavily masculine but between masculine and feminine and is kind of a mix in between Um, I just find that heavily white spaces tend to be more accepting of my gender expression than heavily black spaces that's really interesting
0: it's like a big you know Testimony to the importance of like learning about intersectionalism because, like, some spaces you're a black man, some spaces you're a gay man, and then different spaces you see as a black gay man. And you know, like, having to like what's really the focus to people, depending on where you are. It's really interesting, like, how you have to or just how you feel in those different spaces. Damn.
1: Yep, it's a, it's a treat It's a treat um, It's a treat It's a treat and a dream Because uh, <laughs> I didn't think of that Like consciously as being a fear Really until this moment So yeah. um, what y'all are getting is from the heart y'all You heard it here first yeah. on Radio 98.7 FM um, in park. What the fuck you just say? Uh-huh Done with you <laughs>
0: the only radio station I think
1: of. I don't know any radio stations.
0: I don't listen to the radio anymore. So it's on Spotify.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't. Do I know how to turn on a radio in my car? I think there's a button on there somewhere. I don't know. I've had this car for like two years. So I wouldn't know. But yeah. Any other fears you got, Sir James Isaac Newton?
0: <laughs> what the fuck?
1: Oh my really- god, Jimmy Neutron was named after James Isaac Newton. Oh my god. I am floored.
0: <laughs> that is where my jaw dropped. Is that true?
1: Yeah, you think James Isaac Neutron instead of Newton? It makes perfect sense. That's not a coincidence.
0: Like, Yeah. I also just realized I said 103 in Park and not 106 in Park.
1: Isn't 106 in Park just the location of where that studio was at, not a radio station?
0: Is that, well, isn't that what they called the radio show, 106 in
1: Park? 106 in Park was a BET TV show. It wasn't a radio show. That's where you'd see the music videos.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. I was like, music in that place. Either way, I'm rock. I
1: think it's 106 and Park Street, like the intersection. That's where that was recorded. That makes sense.
0: It's been so long, anyway. So I think that's why my <laughs> brain's so fuzzy. Are um, there fears I have? You no, know, really, the existential ones are literally like we've like talked about, like being forgotten, or like honestly, my biggest one. I think we've talked about before. I don't know if I've talked about it, like on the podcast. What the fuck did I just say? Podcast. <laughs> on oh, no, podcast. <pad> <laughs> On the podcast, but um, I think like failing because I didn't try hard enough, not because I wasn't good enough, but because I didn't give my best effort. Something I'm really afraid of. I think it's because something's very real, stuff that I've done, like getting lower grades, couldn't study appropriately, um, and not allocating like, my time wise. It's something I still struggle with, like, because, you know, like, can we talk about the episode about like, um, fantasy and stuff is like you know after work i don't or after school i don't want to keep doing stuff because my brain's exhausted i don't want to find a way to escape and maybe that's reading or that's playing games just something quick mm-hmm. and then go back and put the work in like i also hate jobs where like when you leave work you have to do more work it doesn't make sense to me i'm not getting paid for this why would i do this i'm not at work um so so now that like i'm not in college classes and I don't have to write for those classes. It's hard for me to find the motivation because I work full time and I'm always on my computer. It's hard to get off the work part of the computer and then start writing for fun when that in itself is like still works, I have to think it through, I have to connect my storylines, I'm still working and using my brain on the computer after doing it all day. Like I think it'd be easier if like I was, you know, doing a job that didn't require me on the computer much better um that's fair. that's what really worries me because like each day like you know that goes by it's it's easy to forget about it like i was writing back in like october i was like oh i'm gonna like finish this and then apply i'm gonna finish this month and then not get to it because i'm like i don't have the energy the time to get to this work it's like yeah i can set aside an hour a day to do this but if my brain is fried then i write it's not great. I mean, yeah, I get to practice. I can get some ideas down, but then the ideas that come up, that come in, aren't usable. So it's like, oh, I can use this for a different projects. So I just have a bunch of shit for different projects that I can't combine because I don't have the time or brain power to really put together. Is so that something I'm afraid of? Like, I'm afraid of getting stuck in a dead end job because I wasn't, you know, accountable enough to achieve my dreams? And I gotta remember, I'm only 24. Like, I have plenty of time going through a pandemic. Like, I have to remind myself of that. But um something very tough. And then you, like, get stuck in your head of, like, oh, well, where's the baby having before? Well, opportunities I lose in high school because of this. What well, opportunities I lose in college because of this. Like, damn, maybe if I've worked hard, i got an internship. I have to remind myself, bro, you worked all through college. You didn't do an internship because you couldn't afford it mm-hmm so I feel like remind myself of that stuff cause it's, like it's very easy to feel left behind and that like oh not i just move it's my fault but remember there are things that cause I'm very much kind of person if like if I did something well I usually try to like appreciate the people around me that helped me get there mm-hmm and like the extrinsic factors that help me achieve that but if I fail I'm like oh this is my fault which which is hard, like it's I like I try to be better at, like appreciating myself, but it's something I definitely struggle with. Um and I haven't had many wins recently. So it's really thinking like, damn, how is this getting fucked up? Like like I told you, like the job I thought I was gonna have being pushed back to September and I was like, Well damn, I didn't apply for any of the jobs because so I thought this was gonna happen, so I'd be stuck working a job all summer. Oh shit, what if that happens forever? Blah blah blah. So it's kinda like where my headspace has been. So that's a mm-hmm. fear I have can like you know, I don't want to like dig on anybody, but I don't wanna be stuck working at a grocery store for the rest of my life. Which I know won't happen. I know I have the resources, like we have this, we have our dreams, no matter what, even if I'm stuck working here till March, I'm moving to California with you when you move. Like at the latest I'll be there in March when you go. Mm-hmm. Like I have to remind myself of that, but the anxiety definitely gets there. So, think, like, yeah, dude, the fear of failing because I didn't try hard enough. Like, I'm totally fine. If I did my best and I failed, I can live with that. But if I didn't, then that's what I'm afraid of. Like, the what if part. Like, I can deal with failure if it's like, you know, you put in the work, you gave your honest best effort, you wrote the best thing you could. You put a lot of time into it like you didn't just submit like a first draft like you believed in this piece and it didn't get picked up i can live with that failure but like to be like oh you didn't try like did you submit it to every place you could have did you really put all the work you could have on this piece or did you just like do a draft and turn it in like oh i can't make it as a writer here i go so i think that's what really my biggest fear that's deep yeah I wish I could just write for fun but we live in a super capitalist world that like every hobby has to be monetized or why are you doing it
1: (laughs) yeah I yeah I get that I mean it's gotten to a point now where I base the decisions of the things I do off of either it's directly making me money now or it's going to enhance my ability to make money in the future
0: mm-hmm.
1: like you justify break time as oh this will help me decompress so that I can go to work so that I can maybe work this second or third job and that's not a fun place to be in um yeah. What's what's getting me through it is, like you said, I have an end date, at least. Like, I have a goal in mind. But that's also kind of terrifying um, because I, I'm fearful of letting p- others down. Like, I know this is my dream, but it's, it's also a dream that requires the assistance of others. And if I don't get my shit together and if things fall through I feel like I won't I won't just be disappointing myself but I'll be disappointing a lot of other people yeah um, so that weighs on my brain a little bit because like by the time that if things fall through as planned or things go through as planned um, it'll be right before I turn 27 um, yeah you know and then I just kind of remind myself like how did Jordan start You know, how did Oprah start? You know, they all kind of had those very, very low moments. You know, fucking Beyonce um, lost a talent show as a kid to... Actually, I can't even tell you the name of the other performing group Uh on Star Search. Like, could you imagine being, like, one of the producers of Star Search like looking back you told Beyonce she wasn't good enough (laughs) (laughs) yeah like could you imagine having that on your conscience for the rest of your life or being the person who fired Oprah you know and telling her she'd never work in this industry you know what I mean like it's it's those moments where I'm like it's usually through adversity that legends are born Mm -hmm. that keeps me motivated um. so yeah I feel you I don't want to talk too much but I think your point is very important and I don't want to undercut it by filling it with nonsense so oh you're good <laughs> um I actually think this is a good point to wrap up unless there's anything else you want to say
0: no I don't think so I think we uh we handled our fears and threw them on the our listeners pretty well. Make them a little like depressed and thinking before we let them go.
1: <laughs> we promise the next episode will be positive.
0: Yeah, we're getting the hang of this. One serious, one uh, one funny one to keep you all on your toes. Never tell oh. you what order they go in.
1: Yeah. Uh, like at some point, we'll be super horny. Oh, I, absolutely. I just, want, I just want a horny episode. But we'll talk about that later. Um, so thanks so much for listening to this episode of Keep It 87. Again, this is how'd <laughs> you even come with that number? I was thinking about uh, you know, when that Ariana Grande song, you'd be like, uh, oh, like, six, six six 30 30. and you're yeah. not just doing
0: any random ass numbers, so
1: it was just like a number generated in my head and just went 87. Like, it's really a blocked background. <laughs> And like Times New Roman font, (laughs) white letters on a black background, 87 just appeared in my head. And it's like, (laughs) all right, we rolling with this. I think that's the sign of either depression or being a comedian. Probably both. Okay.
0: I'm here for it.
1: So uh, thanks for listening to this episode of Keep It 630. Um, If you like what you heard, uh, please subscribe and rate us, and uh, leave reviews on Google. No, not Google. Uh, well, Google's third, Spotify second, Apple's first. Um, so please, please subscribe, rate us. You know, review. Tell uh, your friends. Tell your friends. That's the best way to to help us out. Um, if you really want to support us. Um, you can sign up on our Patreon for some exclusive content. We'll be doing some um, a little prize giveaway uh, for our first 20 patrons. So you'll get a special um, custom prize from Dakota and I personally. Um, so it, it's literally a dollar for you to get a little prize from us. And it, it's a very memorable prize that you will love. Um, but also like a dollar a month is all it takes and it truly will go a long way towards helping us absolutely as struggling artists just trying to make ends meet and you know if you consume more content um you know we just ask if you're interested and if you can we know times are rough but that's why we set it as low as a dollar when we talked about it like we don't we don't want to bleed people's pockets but also most people who have been signing up have been doing a $10 level anyway which has been fantastic um but, you know, whatever you can, we, we greatly appreciate. And we're just thankful for you all for listening. When we started this, we had no idea what was going to happen. And uh, we thought it would just be, like, two friends who would listen to us. um, And really just be, like, more of a diary type of situation of us just having these episodes that no one would really listen to. And <laughs> it's nice every week, like, knowing what episodes are released because I'll get – text messages and tweets and 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 ig messages and it's just it's been a very very fun ride and it's not ending by any means it's not ending not. so don't don't want you to think of it as that we have some very exciting stuff we have planned for the future um i will be releasing information soon about our live episode that we'll be doing uh which is super super fun so um check the links in the description for more information, where you can find us on social media, where to find a Patreon. We'll probably have information about the live episode in there as well. Hell Um, yeah. But yeah, thanks so much for listening, y'all.
0: Cue music.